Hey, Bard listeners. If you live in New York City and love the public library, we need your help. This past fall, our public libraries sustained deep mid-year cuts that forced an end of seven-day service and reduction of our materials and programs. We're now facing more budget cuts for the coming fiscal year. Libraries across the city stand to lose $58.3 million in funding. If these cuts are not reversed, we may have to reduce materials and programming yet again, including further reductions to our days of service. As many as half of all New York City libraries would be open only five days a week. The good news is you can help. Send a letter to city leaders telling them that you support the library. It's easy. It only takes 30 seconds and you can do it now. If you live in Brooklyn, go to BKLYNlibrary.org slash standup, all one word, to fill out the form. If you live in any of the other boroughs, you can send a letter on behalf of Queens Public Library or New York Public Library. Learn how at investinlibraries.org. Thank you so much for your support. Back in 2019, we did a borrowed episode about BPL's Business and Career Center. We call the episode Work in Progress, and we covered some really incredible programs that the BNCC runs, including Power Up, the business plan competition program that we've hosted for the past 19 years, and a story of the connection between a business librarian and one particular patron who came to her in a time of need. We also talked about the WPA workers who helped construct Central Library in the 1930s and 40s. We're going to play you that episode today. Since the episode was produced, the Business and Career Center space has been renovated. They're now located on the second floor balcony of Central Library with beautiful glass windows, meeting rooms, and many of the same wonderful staff you'll hear in just a minute. So if you have not been by yet, do stop by for a visit. And we have another reason for rebroadcasting this particular episode. We've just launched our first ever self-guided audio tour of Central Library. It's narrated by librarian Norman Erickson, who has worked at Central for over 30 years. He has lots of interesting and unexpected facts about the building's history. I am so excited to take the tour. Did you know that there used to be a giant book vacuum to transfer books from the below ground decks up to patrons? I am not surprised. Central Library is a really wacky place. So after you listen to this episode, come visit the new Business and Career Center and then take our new audio tour of the building. There are QR codes placed throughout the library that will take you to each of the six stops on the tour or you can take the tour from home. We've got all the audio, the transcript, the photos of the building from our archives up on the audio tour webpage. That's bklynlib.org slash central dash tour. We are going to link to that on our show notes page for this episode. Let's get into it. Here's Work in Progress, originally produced in June 2019. I'm Adra Aduse. And I'm Krissa Corbett-Kavoris. You're listening to Borrowed, stories that start at the library. Okay, Felice, I have an idea. I can't wait to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to read an article from 1931, Uh and I want you to guess what it's talking about. All right, go. Let's go. It's going to be fun. This is from the newspaper The New York American, quote, Practically all the boarded windows on the Flatbush Avenue side of the shell had been smashed and the building had a more forlorn appearance than ever before, 
Boys who had been using the building as their own particular playground for months had ripped off the boards so that the pigeons might have easy access to the interior for nesting. This made the capture of the birds an easy matter for the young vandals. Bonfire (laughs) ashes in many portions of the shell gave credence to the belief that there might have been many pigeon roast orgies by the youngsters. What? (laughs) What? So the article goes on to say, quote, Pigeons are now guarded 24 hours a day, 30 days a month by works progress watchmen. Quote, would you like to guess what building they're talking about? (laughs) Well, there's only one building famous for pigeon roast orgies, right? (laughs) Of course. Everyone knows that. It's got to be that one. (laughs) Um, What are they talking about? Uh, The Oh, well, it's Flatbush. It is Flatbush. That was a clue. That was a clue. Um, The library? That's right. This is Central Library in the (laughs) 1930s being described in the New York American. So Central Library was in construction for 29 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, from 1912 to 1941 when we actually officially opened it to the public. So over the years, it was referred to as, quote, a hole in the ground. Quote, that outlandish civic eyesore. Oh. I know. And, <laughs> quote, the most expensive pigeon roost in the world. Wow. I had no idea it took that long to construct this building. That long. So the the original plans for Central called for this really fancy building with marble columns and a dome, and it was going to be four stories. It was this classic Beaux-Arts building. And then funding issues meant that it took until 1929 for even just a third of the building to be completed. That's 17 years. Then the Great Depression pretty much halted construction again. So fast forward to 1937, and Brooklyn Borough President, this guy named Raymond Ingersoll, pushed for federal government funds to complete the project. The library was totally redesigned at this point without the fancy marble and the columns and the dome. And the project was actually approved by the city. And then in two years, Central Library was completed. The people of Brooklyn, thank you, Raymond Ingersoll. So with those federal funds, the city used workers from the Works Progress Administration, or the WPA, to get the job done. Brooklyn was part of this trend happening across the country during the Great Depression. Between 1935 and 1941, the WPA gave $51 million to build new libraries, repair old ones, and refurbish 100 million books. Hmm. So a quick refresher on the WPA for those who might not know. That's a program started by President Roosevelt's New Deal, a plan to bring back jobs and pull the country out of economic depression. The WPA employed about 8 million Americans during the time it was in operation. No task was too small. Brooklyn Public Library's WPA workers were assigned to battle O-fillers. And these were people who sit in libraries and pencil in the O's in books. That's actually a thing people do. (laughs) So WPA workers sat there and erased the pencil markings in library books. During the 1930s, 800 new public library buildings opened across the country. Libraries became a refuge for the unemployed and for those seeking knowledge and skills. Libraries are still places that create jobs and help people find fulfilling work. Absolutely. And I have a great example of that. Okay, Krissa, now it's my turn to have you guess what this is. Okay, um... I'm thinking it is a competition between two librarians on who can reshelf books faster. Very close. 
<laughs> that should be a thing if it isn't. It's actually a pitch competition organized by the library this past February. It was part of a program called Power Up, which is a business plan competition. Anyone in Brooklyn can participate, take classes at the library's Business and Career Center, and then submit a final business plan, like an outline for the business, to the judges. The winner, the person with the best business plan, receives $20,000 to start their business. So it's like Shark Tank at the library. It is exactly <laughs> like Shark Tank. And Brooklyn's business plan competition was the first in the country at a public library. Based on the research from our illustrious librarians, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the voices of our Kohler Robinson and Maude Andrew. They run the Business and Career Center at BPL, and we sat down with them to hear about the history of Power Up. The program started during another time of economic stress. Here's our cola. It was a result of the library's efforts to do their part in helping the city rebound after 9-11. A lot of people had um, lost jobs, um, weren't quite sure what to do, and um, at that time, um, I think the city uh, as a whole was in let's help each other mode. Since 9-11, uh, we've had a recession in 2008 where we've seen much of the same. Uh, struggle for people who have lost their jobs. Uh, entrepreneurship becomes an alternative for them. Power Up has been going for 15 years and has helped thousands of people understand what it takes to start a business. That cheering and applause I played for you a little while ago was from the final celebration for this year's competition. That was the night when winners were announced. Participants gathered outside the auditorium chatting with each other and eating and drinking. Khaled, a previous winner of Power Up, was giving out ice cream from his new Brooklyn business. I'm Khaled Hamid, and I'm a part of a team, my wife and I, and we own a company called Island Pops, and we do West Indian-themed frozen desserts. We were, um, we were actually 2015 winners. The funds that we received from winning that year allowed us to get our start. Before we opened the business, I was actually a psychologist. So I um, worked for non-for-profit for about 15 years, and then I got married. And we decided, like, you know, let's build something that we could leave for the kids and the grandkids. Wait, so Felice, what happened at the pitch competition? Right. So after we found out about the overall winners, there was an audience choice award for the best business pitch. So a few Power Up participants were selected to make their pitches to the audience. There was one for a new hat company another for a business that connects kids to computer programming classes, and a transportation service for seniors. And the winner was? The winner is Katrina Sutton. This one more than anything because the audience you guys chose, and so you guys are helping me to help seniors really make a difference in Brown and Brooklyn, and we don't know watch out for Brown and Katora Suggs won the pitch competition for $1,000. After the excitement, we had a chance to talk to her about her business. And it really came out of a need that life is, you know, is to be enjoyed wherever stage you are. Katura Suggs is a resident of Brownsville. She's really involved in her community. She's, in fact, a representative on Community Board 16 for New York City. And like so many of us, she has a grandma. One time I was on a bus and this woman, she was running. She was older, she wasn't, she was probably like 70s. And she hit the window and this um, 
bus driver was like, like she reprimanded her, like, um, and then having friends and obviously family, having a grandmom who, they, um, my cousin had to take her everywhere. And so I'm like, yeah, that is what my service is for. I wanna be able to connect um, older adults to places that they frequent and without making families feel overwhelmed with taking care of grandma and grandpa. Katora came up with an idea for a van service for the older adults in her Brownsville community. The service would have a few routes to the most popular places, church, shopping, and doctor's appointments. And riders would pay about as much as one MetroCard ride to be helped onto a handicap accessible van. And once she had the idea, she took it to the library because she had heard about Power Up. She learned how to put together a business plan, did her research, and slowly saw her idea come to life. Power Up is such an exciting opportunity. Sometimes, though, helping someone find satisfaction and success in a career requires something more than a competition. I find myself as a librarian, I'm always trying to answer people's questions. It doesn't matter if it's in my area of expertise or not, even when I'm out in the street. And I just think, Natalie, stop looking at people because they're all, you know, they, 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 they'll ask you something. I have that look on my face like I'm ready to help. Natalie Canestra has been a librarian for 25 years. For most of that time, she has been a business librarian, which means she helps people with everything from job searches to preparing for the civil service exam, and she works one-on-one -on -one with patrons to do business plan research. The most important part of my job is the time that I spend at the reference desk answering questions. So when I'm sitting at the reference desk, I do my best uh, not to be working on anything else. And I'm always keeping an eye um, on the room, who's walking in the room, um, who's sitting there already, just to see if they need some help. So I started at Brooklyn Public when we were um, still at the Cadman Plaza Library in downtown Brooklyn. So I was only there for a year, and sometime during that time I do remember Vanessa coming in. Vanessa Williams is a patron who started coming to the library a few years ago. Vanessa Williams is my name. I was homeless. I left my husband uh, in 2014, and that's when I first came uh, to the point of coming in more on a daily basis. I was uh, searching for somewhere comfortable that wasn't dangerous. As you know, shelters are very dangerous, and um, my way of doing that was to seek out housing resources and so I would do it online, on phone. And of course, again, the library was a refuge to get information through the newspapers. At that time, I wasn't familiar with her circumstances at all. Um, most patrons do not open up uh, with pers personal matters, and um, we don't ask. And you know, whatever is going on back there, I treat everyone the same and um, just try to help with an informational need uh, in the moment. Boy, was she an amazing guide for me. She would give me so much information that I actually forgot that I was homeless. And so I got so much peace from her. So I was able to not only gain um, housing for a little while, I was able to explore what I needed for my book, my autobiography. People ask all sorts of questions at the Business and Career Center, but Vanessa's question was out of the ordinary. She wanted to know how to write a book about the experiences that shaped her life. Above all, Vanessa was looking for encouragement and kindness, and she found that in Natalie. It wasn't just the information Natalie gave her, 
but the way Natalie treated her that had a lasting impact. Vanessa has a place to live now, and about a year after she first met Natalie at the library, she started coming to the Business and Career Center to work on her book. The library has uh, been a part of saving my life. It's amazing how enriching it is when someone just says, can I help you? And they're sensitive and they care. Everyone needs that kindness. It causes nothing. Um, I do keep that in mind uh, when speaking with people, that everyone's going through something in the moment, um, and it's my job uh, to be kind, like she said. Um, that's, and I think it's easy. I think it's easy to be kind. Uh, that's why I love being a librarian. <laughs> Next up is our book match segment. Business librarian Valerie Livingston has a list of books to help you change your career path or start a new business. I'm Valerie Livingston. I'm a librarian at the Business and Career Center. You know, it's, it's kind of a hidden corner in, in the Central Library. So I think when people discover our little library, um, then they, you know, they realize how, just how much there is to learn and to, to explore. My first book recommendation is The Only Investment Guide You'll Ever Need by Andrew Tobias. Tobias is a very good writer and definitely an irreverent, entertaining storyteller first and then an investor. He's kind of uh, tells some funny stories about different um, investment schemes and different ways people lost or, or um, made a lot of money. Uh, the next book is Ask a Manager by Allison Green. Uh, Green has turned her workplace advice blog, also called Ask a Manager, into this book. Um, in it are kind of the top 150 or so questions that she's been asked over several years of this blog relating to everything from having private conversations with one's boss about salary negotiations, navigating various annoying qualities of one's coworkers, uh, and finally meeting one's tough job interviewer. So this book is called Minding the Store, a big story about a small business. Uh, this is a great graphic novel about starting and running uh, a store called Fish's Eddie, which is all devoted to, to dishes and mugs and plates uh, in downtown Manhattan. Um, Julie Gaines, uh, who is the author of this and the co-owner with her husband, Dave, um, the story, illustrated by their son, Ben, makes a great case for finding one's niche in unlikely places. Uh, I like this book for many reasons. The art, the story is charming, like the store. But in terms of recommending a book for entrepreneurs, it's a relatively quiet story, not flashy in any way. It's about really finding one's idiosyncratic obsessions and mindfully bringing a business idea to fruition. Uh, the next book is a test prep book for anyone who wishes to become a bus operator. 
Um, it's, it is one of the most popular civil service exam preparation books we have in our collection. We don't really advertise but the, these books, but we're one of the few people that, that have them, um, and they're expensive to buy. Other popular books in this um, Passbook series are um, civil service exams for being a school guard safety agent, a court stenographer, a 911 emergency operator, an urban park ranger, a light maintainer, and one of my own personal favorites, hoists and rigging inspector. So many possible careers and lives, so little time. Borrowed is brought to you by Brooklyn Public Library and is hosted by me and Adjua Aduse. You can find a transcript as well as the full book list on our website, bklynlibrary.org slash podcasts. This episode was co-hosted by Felice Bell and Krista Corbett-Cavores and produced and written in 2019 by Virginia Marshall with help from Fritzi Bodenheimer, Jennifer Prophet, and Robin Lester-Kenton. Our music composer is Billy Libby. Meryl Friedman designed our logo. We replayed this episode in honor of our new self-guided audio tour of Central Library. Librarian Norman Erickson narrates the tour, and he has worked at Central for over 30 years and is compiling a history of the building. The audio tour is out now, and you can find it on our website, bklynlib.org slash central dash tour. The tour was produced by Virginia Marshall, Lucretia Neal, Jennifer Prophet, and Lori Elvove. Bard will be back in a few weeks. In the meantime, happy touring. <laughs>